Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell. I'm Stephen. I'm Joey. And I'm Paul. And this is a podcast about storytelling. I slammed the phone down and I knew this was my first chance in my life that I had to choose myself over an unhealthy relationship and a fear of being alone. A few minutes earlier when that phone rang, he said, babe, I need, you, I need to tell you something, but I need you to promise me you won't break up with me first. Wait, what? What is it? I need you to promise, he said. In my head, I thought, what the hell did this fool do now? But my mouth said, yes, babe, we can make this work. Together forever, he asked. Together no matter what. I love you. We've been through so much together. Over the next few minutes, he started to tell me how he accidentally had sex by slipping and falling into a woman's vagina. <laughs> As I probed the story, it became more intricate. Why would she buy your house? She was sad, so I told her come over so we could talk and I could comfort her. Why were her clothes off when you fell? <laughs> it was hot and first she took her off her sweater. The first time around, she had on pants. The second version of the story, it was a dress with no underwear. And how did your aim work so well to olympically slip from being a six foot one man into what I imagine is a petite woman? Um, I fell to the ground and then I slid. <laughs> there was silence on the phone. I'm 15, but I'm not stupid. I know it doesn't work like that. Is this seriously the story you're going to tell me? Silence. We promised we wouldn't lie to each other, I said. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know what to say. That's why I'm telling you that it happened. You promised you wouldn't leave me already. But that wasn't the truth. I slammed the phone down into the receiver. But the truth was, as he was telling me the story, and as I asked each question, I was biding time to really ask myself, can I do this on my own? When I thought of him and our relationship, I always thought of one moment. I could hear his mother shouting, are you talking to that young slut on the phone? As my mother was behind me, chanting religious phrases and telling me how she was seeing demons. We were both home alone, but we had created our own world on the phone, a safe space, a meditation, an oasis. His mom was drunk again. My mom was going through what I can now recognize as psychosis. When I thought of our relationship, it was different, different variations of the same moment. All I remember is the oasis and how we calmed each other down. We started dating when I was 12 years old and he was 15. He was my first kiss, which was nice. But more importantly, he was the only one who knew what was going on at home. I could tell him the truth. My mom was trying to perform an exorcism on me today. We didn't see two crazy women, but we were afraid of how the world would see them. We saw our mothers, women who had been beaten down over time, who were escaping each in their own way, and we were keeping their secrets as they tried to cope. They weren't all bad. Deep down, they loved us. And all he would do is tell me another story. One time my dad chased me around the yard with a machete in his hand because I tried to punch him as he was hitting my mother. You can tell me anything, he said. He was six foot one since he was 12 years old. So he put up a real fight until his dad ran, ran for the machete. 
When we started dating, he made, he made me a promise. I'll never pressure you into sex. And he kept it. So now, as I listen to his ridiculous story, as silly as a kid denying he stole cookies from a cookie jar, as crumbs fall from his face, really I understood. It had been three years. I was now 15 and he was 18. He wanted to have sex and that's normal. He would never ask since he knew I wasn't ready. I knew when I slammed the phone down, I wasn't really giving up a boyfriend. I was giving up my best friend. I was giving up the keeper of my secrets. I was giving up therapy. And then I was alone with my mother. As she drove me to school, I'd say, Mommy, you're not being followed. No, the license plates don't have hidden messages. Yes, I promise, so, so that she'd stay in the right direction. It started to sink in what choosing myself meant and how hard it was to support her, keep her secrets, and then keep my own. A week later, the phone rang again. Do you recognize this voice, he said. No, I don't. Are you sure? Listen good, you know me. And this turned into a four-hour conversation with a stranger. He had seen me on MySpace or High Five or one of Facebook's other predecessors and gotten my phone number from a friend of a friend. He was 15 and he wanted to date. But I just wanted to get my secrets out and have someone to talk to again. So I tested the waters. I told him how my ex had lied and how I had broken up with him more because of the lying than the sex. I was quiet. We'd sit on the phone in silence for long periods and I wouldn't know what to say. But I knew I didn't want him to hang up the phone. He'd ask question after question. I was slow to open up and when I did, I started him off with easier to hear stories followed by long silences. And with each comforting response, I started to tell him everything to very strategically get him up to date. So when I cry and feel the world is falling apart, he could help to comfort me. Six months into the relationship, after we exchanged the I love yous, he had his brother pick me up and I went to his house for a dinner date. He sat me down and cut my hands in his and as he kneeled down in front of me, he said, do you know I love you? Yes, I nodded. Do you know that I'm not going anywhere and I'm here for you? Yes, I nodded and I was scared. Was this round two? I thought of my mother's words. Men are evil, they just want one thing. And your brother, he's just like his pa. My brother had left and moved in with da my dad after she had turned on him. Maybe she was right. Maybe all men hurt you or lie to you even when you tell them they don't have to. He asked me, do you know I care about you and I never do anything to hurt you? Yes, I nodded. He released my hands, stood up in front of me and said, okay, then I need you to hear this, but I need you to remember that I love you as I tell you this. Promise me you'll just listen and we can talk afterwards. He started pacing side to side in front of me, put his hands on his head and sighed as he looked me in the eyes. He said, it should never be this hard for any man, no, anyone, to get to know you. The last six months, I felt like I was, I was in an obstacle course. You made me dodge bu bullets, go under things, and then jump through the hoop of a fire at a circus while covered in gasoline. I love you, but things can't go on like this. My eyes widened. Are you breaking up with me? No. He kneeled down and cupped my hands again. He looked me in the eyes. I told you at the beginning, I'm not going anywhere. You're amazing and I love you. But I make you unhappy, I said. No, I need you to just listen right now. And he proceeded to pace back and forth and in the most loving way possible with multiple breaks to remind me he loved me. 
tell me exactly how destructive some of my behavior and my general distrust toward men and relationships was. And he ended by saying, but I need to know, are you willing to work on this with me? And I had a choice to make. I could attack him and get mad, or I could listen. Yes, I nodded, but I didn't know what I was doing, and I don't know how to change. He said, yes, yes, I know, and I'm not mad, but it's something we need to talk about if we're going to work. And now that he had my consent, my 16-year-old boyfriend went off and did research and talked to his parents about how to have a healthy relationship. When we talked on the phone, shortly into each call, he'd be saying, I was reading this. I think we should try this. Here's why. Did you know this? What do you think? Do you want to read it too? I was quiet and, felt, and I felt uncomfortable talking about a lot of things. So he did research and found that journals are a useful, tool, are a useful tool for communication. Plus, my mother would cut me off from using the phone. He bought two journals and we would write notes to each other. We'd swap journals when we saw each other. He kept a box with trinkets. Movie tickets from our first date, the first rose he gave me flattened between one of the first books he read about relationships, every, car, every card and letter I had ever gave him. He said it was to look back at when we got old and to tell our, gran our kids and our grandkids about. I was uncomfortable in my own skin, with kissing, with touching, and definitely with anything more. He taught me how to dance. He told me I should feel confident in my sexuality and not ashamed of it. And, confident in, and being confident in my sexuality didn't mean I was being promiscuous or that I would be pressured into anything. It was about choice and freedom in my choice. He told me tough to hear truths about myself and it was a two-way street. He said the goal was for us to become better together, not one fixing the other. We made plans to build businesses together and buy houses. We dated for five years and it didn't work out, but it doesn't matter. Really, this story is about two moments, one where I left something unhealthy to choose myself, one where I learned how unhealthy I could be and chose to make myself better. Yeah, actually, this is the Stories We Don't Tell podcast, and my name is Paul. I'm, I'm Joey. Uh, oh, oh, oh good, uh, good work. Good work, Paper, team. rock, scissors. Okay. Uh, uh. Oh, yeah, you go. Uh, okay. I'm <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> and I'm Joey. All right. Oh, and by the way, I lost a paper, rock, scissors. Right. That's an Virtually. important aspect of this. Virtually. Virtually. Yeah. <laughs> So, so uh, we we just heard uh, Georgette's story, and if uh, if everyone remembers, and like if you're listening, you might have noticed that there's like a pretty steady hum going on throughout the story, and that's because we did this was the show, the Halloween show that we did at the ice cream shop. Oh right, I mean this is really a throwback Thursday. It is. It really is. Um, do you wanna? Should we do, Stefan? Do you wanna do a plug for the ice cream shop? Yeah, you know, that's the Lansdowne Cone. Uh, great social enterprise. Uh, will hopefully be open this summer. But at this point, who knows? <laughs> um, they were, it was really great because it was a Halloween show where it was near Halloween. And we, we don't really specifically do like, oh, this is a Halloween show about ghost stories. But um, 
the Lansdowne Cone does the, does this big Halloween thing and they had um, all kinds of decorations and stuff. So it was cool and we got everybody and they gave us, they gave our audience free ice cream. Yeah, exactly. So presuming that we are all not locked indoors by next October, we're looking forward to going back. Yeah, it'd be great. So it was, it was a really good time. It was, it was a, it was, it was a small and quaint space. But a really good time. So we heard uh, Georgette's incredible story. Um, and so we thought we'd do a bit of a, again, as mentioned previously, a throwback to what our, what our pre this situation that we're currently all in uh, podcast was like, which is we talk a little bit about what something that the story sort of brought out. And so we thought we'd talk a little bit about trying to write about relationships and, and other people and how we sort of approach that. Uh, let's go relationships first. Um, how do you, okay, you guys are writing a story and it's a relationship it could be an old relationship it could be a more recent one what do you you know what what are the parameters what 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 is important for you to to try and communicate to an audience i'll say the first thing which actually is a brand bennis uh uh thing that that she brought uh quite quite early on into the into one of the stories i was writing about one of my past relationships years ago which was that no one will care about the relationship if you don't explain to them why you cared about the relationship. So like if you just write a story trashing someone, it, will, it won't be interesting because mm-hmm. like there has to be stakes. And if the audience doesn't understand why you like that relationship, then, then no one's going to care. Uh, and, so, and so I think that that is a first step that I feel is very important. That always really stuck with me too, because Brienne also with a story that I had is that, not that I was, we're trashing somebody, but just, she just was, she just, I remember her asking me like, I don't understand why, like what what was good about this person? Like make me, make me care about this person and why, like you said, like to add stakes to it and why, even if it does go bad, even if it does go south, there was a reason why you were attracted to this person or that you were, you know, spending your time with this person. And it, I think it brings more depth to the story. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. And very quickly before I throw to you, Joey, I would also say that, yeah, like I, I, I realize now I said that it sounds as if I wrote a story trashing someone, which I did not. <laughs> um, but, but rather that, yeah, but like even a story that, you know, that, that, that actually is, is really just about sort of like your own experiences after, like there's this like, without any connection, it really does not, does not work. Well, I was thinking about it. I feel like I've actually only written one story that had, that where I talked about a relationship and it wasn't even what the story was about. So I feel like I have to, I really have to invest a little bit more in that. I've got stories, I've got stories on relationships I could tell, but I don't, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna catch 22. I think I think that advice from Brienne really does, first of all, does nail it because I was just thinking about it. Like if you actually did try to tell a story where you were only complaining about someone that especially also the audience doesn't know you, the majority of people won't know you. And so if you're complaining and all you're doing is complaining, then you're giving them reason not to like you in addition to maybe not liking that person, but also maybe not trusting you. So in a way, like it's really important to talk about why you like the relationship so that the audience trusts you. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. To, to, to yeah, it, it works both ways, right? Like mm-hmm. you have to be, 
like unless the point of the story is that you're an unreliable narrator and that and that like the point is to actually eviscerate yourself in the end which right. i guess could work potentially it could so um j- just to jump on that i i i've used this example before but it just so stuck in my head and is exactly what you're talking about about the actual storyteller or the person the, the narrator is that oh, i saw this guy told a story you know, he hooked up with uh, with a woman and he didn't, from the beginning, he sucked because he was sort of his, the whole thing was like, women are crazy kind of, uh, you know, story. And it's like, okay, you're just a fucking idiot. But, <laughs> and then he, he was, that was his sort of approach. And then like way late in the story, he reveals that this person, she actually was dealing with some very serious mental health issues. And so I, that, like I went from, not liking this guy, thinking he was an idiot, to just outright hating this guy. Cause I was like, oh no, 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 you can't do any of this. And so you just, what, like you're saying is that the, it reflects on you how you're talking about another person too. Because it's complicated telling stories that feature other people because then it's suddenly not just your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and we talked about this a little bit before, but the, the thing about, the thing for me that is, most important about t- t- talking about a uh, a story that you might be writing um, that includes anyone else is is to avoid as best you can giving them um, uh, or presuming on them what what they um, what they're thinking. Mm. Like you can't project. You can you can respond, but I think any level of projection as to why they are doing the actions that they are doing. Um, especially in intimate relationships, but I think in any relationship, honestly, is is a is a particularly dangerous and almost universally bad uh, idea. It's a it's a tricky it's a tricky thing because taking in what you were just talking about, and then also like not projecting what maybe somebody else is thinking because you don't know, but then taking into account Brianne's um, kind of advice or approach to this is it's like, I, what I always try to do when I talk about relationship stuff is to talk, like bring in the other person and to kind of create that depth with that other person, um, like make them a whole person, but always, but also stick to my own, like try not to do that projection, like kind of not guess or try and explain what, you know, why the other person was doing certain things. It's like, you really kind of don't know in the end, in a way. So you just need to, like to me, sticking to my point of view, also, you know, and just being careful with how you talk about other people, I think is is important or sensitive, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the word is. Yeah, what's what's your sense about, like what if you're telling a story and so you're trying to, you know, you're only talking about the things that you know, but what if, like, how do you deliver information if say it's about a conversation you've had with the person and they tell you outright, that's mm-hmm. why I did this. Um, where does that fit in the equation? I would say that's a time when, when that would be, like, if you'd actually just replay that conversation, I think then that's reasonable. Um, but because again, you're just replaying the actual situation. Right. right. Like, again, you're just replaying your own experience of them telling you the thing, right? Like, I think, like, even that scenario, I would be a little bit, um, 
I would probably hold back from actually saying that they said that they did this because of this without it being in the context of them saying that, right? Like I almost wouldn't take them saying that and then throw it somewhere else in the story. I would actually have to require them to say that in the story Hmm. um, Hmm. to, to maintain this, this level. Um, But that's a, that's a, that is a particular tricky scenario. So, so let me, let me ask you both a question. Let's say you, let's just, if you have a, 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 we, we've all, you know, said it, told uh, at least a story about a relationship. What would be, how do you feel the other, the person in this relationship, if they were in the room and heard that story and heard your perspective, do you think that they would agree with you or that they would say, oh, I see this totally differently or, or what? That's a good I, question. Yeah, I, I would be interested. I, I honestly, none of my stories have actually, like, m- all of my stories have been, have painted my past relationships in a pretty positive light. Um, uh, and so. That's true. You, you often come out as the, you know, the questionable character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, like I, I'm trying to think of the, I'm trying, like, like, I'm trying to think of the, like, the few really early on ones I wrote, the, 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 the like, I, I, I would be interested maybe because they, they might not have experienced the breakup in the same way that I did, but, but there was certainly, I don't think I would be, I don't think, again, because I think I was actually relatively good at following some of these pieces of advice, I would be very surprised if they were like, no, that didn't happen. Right. Because, because it was very much more about my own experience. Like, the one I'm remembering most specifically is about this completely bizarre uh dinner i had like three days after being broken up with when i and my part my now ex my previous at the time i'm still ex-partner were both pretending not to be broken up not to then like take the like to to blow up this whole evening that someone else had planned right and like and so like like maybe they experienced that weirdness differently than i did but like it was unquestionably weird that sounds extremely awkward yeah it was a weird yeah, yeah. You and know? not necessarily because you'd broken up and still went and did this thing, but I because like, I, I remember this one time I actually I went through a breakup and then we had plans to go like dancing with friends that night. So we still went. And then while we're on the dance floor, they're like, How was your day? And we were like, We broke up. And they were, they thought it was a joke. And they're like, No, we seriously broke up, but we're like really good friends. And then everybody we were with was like, What do we do? What? Like what? <laughs> So it's it's sort of funny because it's like, it depends on how you are in that moment. And maybe it was awkward because they didn't know. Yeah, maybe. But like, also like, it was like a sit down dinner in a backyard. Like it was like- <laughs> Okay, you know, never mind. I, I wave off, weird, wave off. I think regardless. I think I followed, we're going to call it Brianne's sage advice um, in this story where this this came up, where I, I feel like I only really cited, I definitely had negative things that I said about the person, but, but it wasn't even about the person. It wasn't the personality. It was like, it was about sort of being in a place in one's life that pushes you to be kind of weird and not great to people. And so, um, so yeah, I think I, and, and, and then I also think like, like, would he have heard it? And then said, well, that's not at all what happened. No, I actually don't think that. I mean, it's weird. The other thing is like, I feel like sometimes in certain points in people's lives, they'll admit to things and in other points in their lives, they won't. And so it's, I think kind of also depends on like, 
mm. how comfortable the person is with themselves if they would have agreed that they would have seen it that way. Mm. Um, but yeah, I very much tried to stick to the things that I know that we had talked about um, as central things that were a problem for both of us. Mm. So that it wasn't just me, there wasn't just conjecture and making it up. And so I think, I think you would have also seen it that way. Mm. How about you, Paul? When, when we were talking about um, not necessarily projecting what maybe you think somebody else is, is thinking, uh, I actually think that um, the people, if I've written about other relationships, I think they would almost be surprised. Uh, and I don't know what this says about me, probably not, nothing good, is that I don't, uh, I don't tend to, like they would probably learn stuff and just be like, oh, I didn't know that that was such a big deal for you, or I didn't realize that, that that's the way that you thought about these things. And um, I, they would maybe, I, I, would, I would run the gambit. I'm sure that some people, because I've written a fair amount about relationships, uh, I would think some people would be like, huh, I didn't know that. And other people would be mm -hmm. like, yeah, no, that's not the way I see things. Um, and uh, other people just probably wouldn't give a shit. So, you know, all over the map. But they would probably learn something about me, <laughs> but it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late? Why is it too late? Because it's all out there? It's all out there. No, it's, I think it's the relationship's late. over. Yeah, oh, that. It's, okay, it's, never mind. It's over. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, maybe you should have said some of this stuff when it could have, like, uh, made a difference in the actual relationship. Oh, no, that's a, that's a thing that I, that's like almost like a, a second story. <laughs> I don't think we can do a lightning round. No, oh, yeah. but you know what we can do? What? Bom, bom, bom. Oh, you're not going to? Oh, wait, no, Paul, Paul, try it. Okay. Bom, bom, bom. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm Paul Door. <laughs> Is that what I sound like? Thank you for listening to our podcast. Visit storieswedonttell.org and like our Facebook page for more information about our monthly events. And for more stories, check out our book available anywhere books are sold. This episode is brought to you by Fleabag. Fleabag is a show you need to watch. And if you haven't, stop sucking and do it. Wait, I want to say it nicer. That's, that's mean. That's like mean. Cut right. that part out, Paul. Ha, ha, ha.